Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 354th ever show of all around sports. And welcome to a suddenly Game of Thrones less world. Final episode ever last night. And it, it, uh, it was great. Anyway, we're going to talk sports today as always. And each where we do each Monday at noon Eastern time as we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is one 866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsports, one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is Brooks Kepka becoming a major force in the world of golf by going wire to wire and setting golf major records all along the way as he won the PGA yesterday in Beth Page on Long Island right outside New York City. There are so many records he seemed to break and accomplishments that uh, it's tough to keep them all straight. But uh, the one that I think has to stick with everybody is he's the first ever two-time defending champion at two majors. Uh, And it's just unbelievable what he accomplished, um, how he basically dominated Beth Page and... uh, was up to 13 under at one point, uh, had the largest leads uh, after the first and second round. Uh, just, again, golf history all around. Um, and finally, yesterday, uh, given the weather, the wind, what have you, uh, it got a little close, but he entered the day with a seven shot lead. And he then uh, started bogeying on the back nine when the pressure was really on. And Dustin Johnson, his close friend, uh, started to close in on him at one point for a brief moment. The the lead was down to one shot. But uh, Brooks Kepka, to his credit, kept it together. He didn't in any way... uh, he didn't have a disaster, put it that way. And Dustin Johnson couldn't quite uh, get over the hump to really apply the pressure and never really was able to tie him. But there was a couple others in the mix for various points. But in the end, Kepka does what Kepka does, which is basically hold on to the lead, somewhat reminiscent of Tiger, that when he gets the lead, he usually... Uh, 
uh, can bring it home. And he did that yesterday, and uh, it was certainly uh, Brooks Kepka's weekend, and he now he's won the last two U.S. Opens. So he heads into Pebble Beach for the U.S. Open this year uh, at the end of June, just a little over a month from now, and two-time defending champion. And then he uh, obviously will be the reigning PGA champion for another year. Uh, he'll go in next year, and 2020 is the two-time defending champion there. It's nothing short of remarkable. He's won four of the last eight majors he's been entered into over the course of about a little less than two years. So this is just uh, golf history type of stuff that he's doing. And uh, uh, just utterly remarkable. He did, had not won a major until he won his first, again, 23 months ago or thereabouts. And uh, so it is utterly just uh, so impressive. Um, he's joining the likes of, you know, Tiger Woods, Arnie, and Jack and Ben Hogan for uh, setting various major records or being in their company, sharing them uh, as he may be with the uh, major records and two-time defending champion. Again, it's tough to keep them all straight, which, what he holds, what he doesn't. Um, but now he's suddenly in the mix for all of them. And golf now has an absolute major star on its hands. And, uh, and everybody's still trying to, I think, get a bit of a gauge on Brooks Kepka and really what he's all about. Um, but what we do know for sure is, uh, he's a great golfer. He can handle pressure and he knows how to win some majors. So, uh, we'll see how it all develops, but he is, uh, he has certainly arrived by any standard at this point. Also, another highlight of the week was being able to turn over after the golf tournament, uh, even with Game of Thrones going on, um, and still catching that, obviously, the final episode ever. But the Toronto Raptors staying alive with an exciting double overtime win up in Toronto uh, behind Kawhi Leonard, who's just all the way back from his finals MVP form of a few years back when he was with the Spurs. Uh, just an absolute force. Key players fouled out from Giannis for the Bucks to Kyle Lowry for the Raptors. And uh, it was just a terrific game. Uh, again, it was felt like more of a survival game than, a, uh, than anything else, given the people fouling out. And uh, the crowd was great up there in Toronto. We the North certainly, uh, certainly was uh, out in force. And given their history and so many playoff disappointments, it was nice to see them at least get that one victory. They could knock it down 3-0. So it wasn't an elimination game, but it might as well have been because they just, again, could not lose their first game back at home. So finally, the uh, following up Kawhi's amazing shot uh, to win the previous series in Game 7 at the buzzer. Uh, they got another Eastern Conference final thrill yesterday up there in Toronto and uh, can't think of a fan base that deserves it more than they do. So my low light of the week is the Boston Bruins having 10 days off before they get started with the Stanley Cup Finals, which begin on Memorial Day 
evening, as in a week from today. Uh, they've already been off for what seems like forever after sweeping the Carolina hurricanes. And then yesterday, pretty shockingly, the St. Louis Blues pummeled the San Jose Sharks in San Jose, the critical game five series tied 2-2 by winning 5 nothing. Uh, just a true shocker, a total domination. So now they head back to game six uh, in St. Louis tomorrow night. And it just feels like uh, that, you know, even if the, uh, the Blues have a great chance to win, obviously, game six at home. So then they would be looking at six days off. Uh, well, again, the Bruins are looking uh, at 10 days off, no matter what, no matter if it goes six, seven, doesn't matter. And, uh, of course, it's the age-old question, rust versus rest. And you never know which way it's going to go. It just feels like uh, 10 days off is a lot, especially when you have a hot goaltender like Tuka Rask and a team playing so well. We saw the Carolina Hurricanes sweep uh, the Islanders, and then they get swept right out by the Bruins. So that tended to favor uh, uh, the rust argument that you get rusty with too much time off. So we'll see what happens. Uh, number one, Boston is super excited about the Bruins being in the finals. The town is on fire. So there's a lot of time to get ready for it. And they will have home ice advantage and it gets started here a week from tonight, Memorial Day. And should be terrific couple week, week or two in Boston with the finals get going, including this week, the anticipation. But again, just a little bit too long. And my bizarre story of the week was actually attending the Kentucky Derby a few weeks ago down in Louisville uh, in the rain at Churchill Downs with the craziest ending ever, meaning the horse that crossed the finish line first did not win the race. There was the now famous 22-minute delay after uh, after an objection was filed, and uh, it just incredible. And maximum security to cross the finish line first was not the winner. Uh, it was a surreal type of day, bizarre in every way with that ending, and then rain added to the surrealness by forcing. Uh, many of the 150,000 fans undercover uh, for much of the day you know, for one of sports' greatest days. Uh, it really started to come down as the race approached, so in the hour, hour and a half leading up to the greatest two minutes in sports, uh, it was just surreal, undercover, packed, and then, of course, everybody stood outside and withstood the rain for everything in the play, from the playing of my old Kentucky home to Baker Mayfield yelling rider announcing riders up to of course the race itself and I can truly say I now completely understand why it's called the most exciting two minutes in sports it's basically a sustained roar of 150,000 people uh, for a two-minute period that rides us to a crescendo as they round the final turn, which happened to be right in front of me. I was at near the starting gate, which, of course, is the home stretch as well. So 
uh, bucket list item now checked off. It was just fabulous. And of course, it fed right into uh, the Preakness this past Saturday, which had its own bizarre aspect to it, which was the jockey being thrown uh, right at the beginning of the race. So that was crazy to begin with. And uh, so his horse ran the entire way around the track without a rider. Fortunately for all, did not uh, interfere with the race in any way. But there was that moment of uh, wondering right off the bat, uh, as soon as the horse crossed the finish line, the winner, as to whether or not there would be, uh, this one would have to be reviewed with the riderless horse. But fortunately for all, it didn't turn out that way. So first two legs of the Triple Crown, both uh, uh, a little bizarre. So we'll see what the Belmont holds down in New York, again on Long Island, just like the PGA, uh, in a few weeks. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, 
The call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, doing very well, John. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling in, as always, and... uh, Great time of year, so many exciting things going on in sports from horse racing triple crown to basketball and hockey playoffs to PGA, and we'll get to all of that, but you had a, a pretty good week and a big event that you attended, and we'd love to hear all about it. Yeah, John, I had a nice week. I went to Montgomery, Alabama, the 19th annual Jimmy Rain charity banquet and golf event. They invite 70 celebrities and they uh, come down to Montgomery, Alabama. And that evening, they raised $1 million and the event was to roast Pat Dye, the former Auburn football coach. Wow. And he was a household name to say the least. And uh, yeah, he was just, uh, you know, beloved. Say the least, he was the coach for forever. It seems like, right? Yeah, when he was uh, thinking about taking the position at Auburn, I know Vince Dooley was under consideration as well because you know he's an Auburn graduate, and Pat Dye's a Georgia graduate. So history could have really taken a turn if Vince Dooley came back to Auburn and Pat Dye went to Georgia. Right, right. Um, and uh, yeah, and, he, and John, by the way. Coach Bryant called him and said, you know, what are you trying to do, you know, to become the coach of Auburn? Because he was on the Alabama staff for eight or nine years. Matter of fact, Pat Dye had never coached a lick when he was brought on to the Alabama staff, and he replaced Gene Stallings, who was the assistant head coach, defensive coordinator. So that was quite a joke. Coach Stallings, you know, he roasted uh, Coach Pat Dye, the very good friend, and he said, now here I am, the defensive coordinator, assistant head coach, and I'm thinking they're going to go out and get some uh, uh, high-priced talent from some other school, and they bring in Pat Dye, hadn't coached a lick, to replace me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, but uh, when Pat Dye was thinking about taking the Auburn coaching position, Coach Bryant said, well, you, you, you're not going to beat me while I'm here. And he goes, well, I'll beat everybody that comes after you. Um, and it, so what's, uh, what happened was he actually beat Coach Bryant the last time he played against Auburn in 1982. That was the time Bo went over the top. That's called Bo over the top. They won 23-22 to 22 in the closing seconds. Really? Yes. Yeah. So, that was... You know, that's the story. So he has a lot of uh, admiration for Alabama because that was his first coaching position. They gave him his start. And uh, so he's, he talked a lot, a lot about those moments. And, of course, there were many Alabama players on the dais as Auburn players. Uh, Bo Jackson spoke, uh, Randy Campbell, the former quarterback in the early days at Auburn. Uh, Quentin Riggins, he was a linebacker, all-SEC player. Uh, Brett Favre came to town. He... he um, was friends with Coach Dye after many years. So he got he got to know uh, Coach Dye because he went over on his farm to hunt and fish and explore that outdoor living. And so uh, it was an interesting night. And of course, Gene Stallings was a, a guest speaker as well. Wow, now that is quite quite the list of luminaries, to say the least. Yeah. And uh, now. Pat Dye, what, what was his record against Bear Bryant, which is, of course, 
Oh, yeah. But, uh, I, I by which all he, things are measured. And he kind of right, held his right. as good as he can against the bear. Yeah, yeah. I think if uh, I remember this correctly, I thought he came on board, let's say, 80, 81, or 80 or 81. So I know they played two games. I believe it was, uh, I think, two games against each other, if not three. So he won at least one I know of and lost one. So maybe he was one and one, possibly. Okay. And uh, how long was he the coach at Auburn, Pat Dye? Oh, he was the coach until 1992, I believe. And uh, he came close to winning the title. They came in second, I think, was it Miami, possibly, or um, right. I think it was Miami, actually. And then he had the Heisman Trophy winner with Bo Jackson. And he had a lot of all-SEC players on defense, uh, primarily defensive line. And great running backs, Bo Jackson and Brent Fullwood and uh, Lionel James and uh, some others uh, were, were good running backs for, for uh, Coach Pat Dye. Now, AP, when I was growing up, I remember that Auburn had a great passing combination of, if I remember correctly, Pat Sullivan to Terry Beasley. That's correct. And was that under Pat Dye, I'm guessing? That was actually under Shook Jordan, and oh, that okay. was... Yeah, yeah, we're going to the wayback machine here. Yeah, we yeah we got to go back about a decade on that one. It's Pat Sullivan. He won the Hasm Trophy over Ed Marinero of Cornell in 1971. Okay, right, right. All yeah, right. And oh boy, and it was funny, John, because I th- I think they announced that Hasman on a Thursday night, which was Thanksgiving. So he played against Alabama that Saturday. They were two. I think both teams were undefeated, or Auburn might have tied Georgia at that point, but Alabama beat them 31-7 to to propel them to the Orange Bowl. They faced Nebraska, and then you know, Nebraska beat Alabama for that championship. All, all around 1971, that era? Yes, in 1971, yeah. Uh, Nebraska had a tremendous team. Johnny Rogers and Jerry Tagge was the quarterback, and uh, Jeff Kinney was the running back, and Larry Jacobson, and Rich Glover was a force in the middle, of course. He was fabulous. Well, that I was the year of the really famous uh, Thanksgiving Day game. Uh, you know, the game, the right. game of the century game that the really century. was, yes. I believe, the game of yes. the century. That's a yes. remember-where-you-watched-it game. Um, yes, that's right. Basically, they slugged it out. The entire game, the final score, for, see if I got this right, I'm pretty sure I do, 35-31. And the difference was a return, punt return for a touchdown by Johnny Rogers. Other than that, the teams were pretty well even. And Oklahoma, of course, had the great team of uh, Jack Mildren as their quarterback, Greg Pruitt. Uh, yeah. was Steve, I'm not sure if Steve Owens was on that team, but certainly Greg no, Pruitt no, was that, Yeah, that back. was uh, after Steve Owens. Steve Owens won the Heisman, I think, in 69 or 70. Oh, okay. Right. 69, possibly, won the Heisman Trophy. Exactly. Joe Wiley Wiley was another halfback, long strider. I just remember his style of running. And uh, John Harrison, I believe, was a wide receiver for Jack Mildred. That was his high school team. I think they had three touchdown passes that day, two or three, which was unusual. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Of course, they, they were running the wishbone at that point, I'm guessing. Barry Switzer as the offensive coordinator, uh, Chuck um, Fairbanks. Fairbanks was as the head coach. Exactly, against Bob Devaney, the head coach yes, of Nebraska. Correct. And again, you, you cannot overstate, AP, you know, the interest in that game. It was Thanksgiving Day, and 
I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say 75% of America arranged their Thanksgiving dinner around that game. That was an absolute, positively must-see TV at the highest level. Um, again, I, I think everybody remembers exactly where they were watching it. You know, I certainly do. And it was yeah, just they were too- epic. Yeah, Tom, sorry. They were two great ball clubs, and they went toe-to-toe. I mean, the hype, uh, you know, the, the game itself lived up to the hype. And, it um, did. You know, Exceeded. Greg, Greg Pruitt was was lightning fast, and they kind of yep. contained him throughout the game. Matter of fact, he missed a tackle on that punt return. He had, like, one of the first shots to ta- tackle Johnny Rogers. Right, because he was so fast he got down there first. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, just uh, just an all-timer. Um, and speaking of all timers, I mean, the list you just provided, uh, you know, how, what was it like to see Bo Jackson again? I know you live down in Alabama, so it's probably not, uh, you know, you get to see him from time to time, but you know, not an everyday occurrence either. I mean, he, you talk legend, he's a legend. Oh yeah. He's probably, I guess you would have to say in Alabama's had some unbelievable athletes, uh, John, you know, Carl Lewis yes. was born here, Jesse Owens, uh, Hank Aaron, uh, Willie Mays, uh, Bo might be, might be the greatest athlete from the state of Alabama, which is, like I said, I just had those other names in front of his and it's hard to choose, but Bo might be the top. Well, that's an amazing statement given the, the names you just mentioned. He, of course, not only was started Auburn, he then went on to the NFL, where he played for the Raiders, and just as importantly, he played for the uh, played for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City Royals. Excuse me. Yes, yeah, made the All Star team. I think he had the leadoff home run for the All Star game. If I remember right. right, exactly, exactly, and we remember him climbing the wall. Uh, for one of the greatest catches in baseball history. We also remember him running over Brian Bosworth and running into the tunnel, uh, yeah. you know, for the, for the he, Raiders against the Seahawks and on and on and on. A legend. And, John, John, even when he had his failure, he struck out, he took the bat and broke it over his head. Right, right, broke exactly. Broke it over his knee or something like that or whatever he did, but he busted the bat. Yes, I mean... <laughs> Although a, a few others did it, including Deion Sanders, I think these days when you think two-sport athlete, you do think, uh, you know, Bo Jackson is the one that comes to mind for the majority of sports fans, I think, because he was yes, so terrific yeah. in, in both for for a serious length of time. Oh, yeah, he, he might have been the, if you th- think of all the athletes, I, I think you could put him up there as maybe the greatest two-sport athlete in America. I mean, it's pretty terrific what he did in, in yes. baseball. And, of course, football, he, his career was cut short by that injury, but he was fabulous on for, for both teams, both sports. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, AP, uh, glad, it just shows the respect he has for Pat Dye showing up and, uh, you know, for his... Uh, big event, uh, but why don't we have a lot more to get to, so why don't we take our break, and we'll talk more sports on the other side.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams. Each week, join Lemont as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports channel voice america presents a new kind of health awareness talk show the sharon kleina hour health environment and the power of water show host sharon kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world every show offers new information that could save your life the sharon kleina hour is health from an environmental perspective your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., last segment we talked about... uh, you're attending uh, a big dinner for Pat Dye, former coach of Auburn, which sounded fabulous. And good you could squeeze it in, given all the sports stuff going on these days. Uh, but, you know, I want to talk a little basketball. Uh, you know, great double overtime game yesterday. I mean, quite a day when you uh, went into the early evening with the last few holes of the PGA tournament that Brooks Kepka ultimately won. Then, of course, for many millions, Game of Thrones, final episode ever. Uh, many millions, including me. And and then you had the uh, Raptors-Milwaukee Bucks game up in Toronto, a game where the, the Bucks lead the series 2-0. So first game back in Toronto, and they had to have it. 
So AP has just turned out to be amazing. Uh, double overtime win, and Kawhi Leonard is. He looked the best in that game since he won the finals MVP. And that's saying something since uh, it was just a week ago when he made one of the most famous shots in basketball history. <laughs> um, winning game seven with the, uh, the the shot that bounced around and took a couple seconds to drop through. <laughs> AP, that's an all-time, that's an all-time highlight, to say the least. Yeah, that had a beginning, a middle, and an end, that one shot. Exactly right. Well said. Perfectly said, as you often do. <laughs> Falling out of bounds from the right-hand corner, and he puts it up, and truly, uh, the, the nation of Canada held its collective breath. Yeah, yeah, they sure did, and yesterday he was magnificent, eight points in the second overtime, and yeah, when you get to that point, John, yeah, we've seen some 3-0 teams uh I guess we've seen some in sports lose, but it's it's uh, very infrequent. So it was a must win for his team. So he came through with 36 points, and so now we have a series. We do have a series, for sure. It's great to watch games from Toronto. We the North, the fans are great, both, both outside uh, the Raptors Stadium right in downtown Toronto, which I was at last summer. Uh, outside the stadium, they have the what's called Jurassic Park, big viewing party, and they also had a big viewing party outside the arena in Milwaukee. But yeah, Kawhi Leonard, I mean, he was clearly hurting, and yet he looked like he did when he won finals MVP a couple years ago, dominant on both ends of the floor, uh, making steals, flying dunks with his left hand. I mean, just uh, athleticism that's just off the charts. And what separates him from from many, of course, is just his defense. I mean, he he just is the total package. Uh, The only one really in his class on both sides of the ball for me is Clay Thompson. Um, But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, Kawhi just put on a show and – uh, the Raptors live, and Canada's breathing easy and soaking up every minute of it, especially given their, uh, you know, playoff history, which has not been kind. No, no, and he hit the free throws, I guess, 12 or 13. And, his, you know, his, his previous high, John, was 46 points in right. the playoffs when he put San Antonio against Miami. That was game six of the 2013 uh, finals, NBA Finals. Yeah, why? Well, yeah, and I and I think AP, you know, and this is amazing. Let's not forget, everyone, that you know he he sat out last year with a bit of a mysterious injury. His departure from the Spurs was equally mysterious. Uh, but you know they sent him up to Toronto, who basically seems fine to rent him for one year if that's the way it turns out. And frankly, right now it looks pretty good <laughs> to rent <laughs> yeah. him for one year. I mean, I would. <laughs> you know, they, absolutely. Yeah, they're they're a new territory for them, meaning Eastern Conference Finals, and he is just. Uh, I think it's safe to say he's played better than any other player in the playoffs. That would be above Giannis, Steph Curry, uh, Damian Lillard, and anybody else. I mean, he has been the number one performer in the NBA postseason. I think that's a. And last night was, you know, th- that was a wow. Yeah, it's high praise for when you consider all those players. And, uh, you know, he's 
to say that he's uh, playing the best of everybody, everyone in the playoffs. Exactly, exactly. Um, and speaking of the playoffs, we had another great game. I mean, with the Warriors on Saturday night, Warriors and Portland Trailblazers, uh, you know, they were in the same situation as Toronto. They had to get that first game back home, trailing 2-0 in the series. And, boy, the the Warriors are making a, a habit of this where they're down kind of big at half as they were on Saturday night. And then they just simply uh, dominate the third quarter to erase that lead. They've done it a couple times now. And then uh, in the fourth quarter, they're just, they show their championship medal. And because they, by that, I mean, they know how to close out a game like no, no other team does for obvious reasons. Uh, They played so many playoff games. I believe it's over a hundred since they've in the Steve Kerr era. 100 playoff games, uh, three championships, going for a fourth in five years. And uh, AP, they're just, you, you know, nobody closes like them and nobody bunches points together like them, especially to erase a deficit. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's a few times you thought Portland would win the game and here it is Golden State is ahead three zip. I mean, it's, all, it's highly improbable that, that Portland's going to have a chance to come back from Golden State, uh, given that three-zip lead. And, right. You know, they gave a valiant effort, but it looks like Golden State in the championship round again. It sure does. Well, no NBA team has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit. As we all know, it's happened a few times in hockey. It's really yes. happened in baseball. I had a ringside baseball. seat to the Red Sox being <laughs> the first team in 2004 to do it. But, right. you know... They're not, you know, the thought of them beating the Warriors four games in a row is obviously hard to fathom, especially given, uh, you know, the way the Warriors closed it out. It, it just it, it imposes their will on the opponent. And it, and I really like this Portland Trailblazers teams. They've done some great things, including winning game seven uh, just a week ago out there in uh, Denver. But. They looked a little bit. They looked a little bit broken after this was a tough loss. Again, they dominated the first half, had anywhere from like fifteen to eighteen point lead, and then the Warriors just come in, erase that in the third quarter, and then just close it out with daggers throughout the fourth. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you're giving a, a Herculean effort in the first half, and you can't hold on. I mean, that just shows you the, the depth and the enormity of that roster that can overcome any. Any uh, margin, you know, to win a ball game, it's, it's ridiculous, really. Right, and to state the obvious, the elephant in the room is Kevin Durant. He is, uh, <laughs> well, until his injury, he probably was playing better than anybody else in the playoffs, but now that he's been out a few games, I think Ka- Kawhi probably is. But, you know, AP, I mean, I was an early adopter on the Warriors. I just fell in love with that Warriors team back in 2015 and, you know, made sure I was at the Boston Garden for their first one visit per year here and went back again the following year. Just must-see team, and I was just so enamored. You know, I grew up in the era of Pete Maravich and Rick Mount and Calvin Murphy, so I love Steph Curry. Yeah, the three point shot, three point shooter is like a home run hitter to me. And so 
and there, a lot of people are talking about it, but you know, I am just loving seeing this, like the resurrection of the 2015 Warriors. You know, with Iguodala <laughs> and Draymond Green yeah, right. playing the best basketball of his career, yeah. Draymond Green, right. and Steph and Stephen Clay. You know, running Great free time. and their scoring being necessary, meaning lots of threes and amazing shots. And this is the team we saw and fell in love with in 2015. And this is not in any way to take away from KD. He's quite no. quite well, maybe the best player in the world. But it's just fun to just see this team that we kind of all fell in love with at the beginning of this dynasty. Yeah, it's been thrust upon them that they right. must deliver now. Uh, and, you know, they've come through. But just, just to digress for a moment on Kawhi Leonard, he's averaging 32 points a game, John. I know. Playoffs. Exactly. We're talking historic type stuff here. And again, yeah. not to belabor the obvious, but, you know, last year was not a good year for him from, you know, sitting out the year with a, uh, what right. could have seemed like a serious injury. He only played nine games to the way he left, you know, the Spurs, uh, you know, and to have him just come all the way back to this. Because you had to wonder if he was ever going to be that guy again, and boy, he sure yeah. is. And uh, no, and just his reach, his wingspan, the way he dunks, you know, his soft shot, as evidenced last Sunday to win Game Seven. He's smooth, you know, and frankly, he's unstoppable. And then you mix in his defense, and he's putting on a show. Yeah, absolutely. And John, I, I'm not sure which team I would like to see. In the finals, Milwaukee or Toronto, but they both have great players on each side, and uh, it, it's going to be fun. Yeah, you know, I, I've got to tell you, AP, that's a tough one, too. I like both teams. Um, no. I like all four teams left. Uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for Toronto because of how uh, horribly, you know, the postseason has gone for them in recent years. They obviously could not get past LeBron. And, you know, now they're a new ground, you know, love their love their fans, including Drake. Um, having been to Toronto last summer, seen the arena, I got to know the city for the first time. Um, you know, it, it just means so much up there. And, you know, it's not just, the, you know, the Raptors, uh, you, you know, you see it with the, the Maple Leafs as well. The super, super passionate fans that basically are more than the Toronto people. It feels like the whole country uh, lives and dies with the Raptors and the Maple Leafs, and, and I personally love it. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, that would be amazing if a team from Canada would win the NBA championship. It would do wonders for the state of basketball in that country. And then you look at Milwaukee, John. It's the last, it was the last time they won maybe 1971 or so. Yes, I was there, AP. You're not, I'm glad you brought that up. I was okay. in Washington, as Baltimore. Okay. Excuse me. Baltimore, right. They played West Huntsville. There was four zip, I guess, right? Yeah, I was there for the final game. Uh, no kidding. I, I, I was a teenager. Grew up three hours from D.C. Woke up that morning, and these are the days when you could do this kind of thing. And, you know, went on a road trip <laughs> with my buddies. <laughs> Drove down to Baltimore, went to the Baltimore Civic Center, got tickets right at the arena and went in and saw 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson beat uh, the Baltimore Bullets with Wes Sunseld, Gus Johnson, Earl the Pearl Monroe, Hank Simeontowski, I believe. Uh, or no, Mike Reardon. Uh, maybe it was, but anyway. Yeah, was Jack Marin on that team? I can't remember. Jack Marin. Jack Marin. Uh, you're right, the lefty, I believe. Anyway, tough to remember. Yeah. I, I certainly remember yeah. the, the household names. But uh, yes, AP, it was, uh, yeah, quite a memory. I'm glad you mentioned that. I, 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 you tend to forget some of the great things you, you get to do um, through your life. And that was, that, was, that, was a, that was a great one. Literally drove and got tickets day of the NBA championship and watched the Bucks parade around with the trophy, shall we say. Yeah, uh, Oscar Robinson's only championship. Exactly right. Yes, he... he he was, you have to say, he was an original as far as, you know, uh, going for a championship, as many others have done, like Ray Bork. You, you leave a team to go for a team that has a chance to win, and then you actually win it. Uh, but AP, thanks for bringing back that memory. Uh, why don't we take our last break and still a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Golden State Warriors at Portland Trail Blazers game. Warriors looking for a sweep. Blazers looking to uh, win one at home, and uh, following up on the previous segment, uh, it's easy to pick this game as appointment viewing because the Warriors are appointment viewing. In my book, every game they play is must-see TV, especially this version, suddenly without Kevin Durant the last couple games, and uh, looking like the 2015 team that we all fell in love with. And uh, Anyway, AP, it's... uh, we're getting down to it. Uh, speaking of postseason, the city of Boston is off the charts, AP, which you can relate to having lived up in New England uh, for the Bruins. Uh, I touched on it at the beginning, opening segment, that you know they have 10 days off at least. Uh, yeah, I mean, the NHL finals are set for the, for the schedule. It's the next... Game one is a week from today, AP. Actually, a week from this evening at the Garden. Bruins have home ice advantage, and if the Blues win tomorrow night, it will be set. Uh, They'll have won the series against San Jose, and uh, so even they would have a week off, but the Bruins have been off since, you know, last week, late last week when they swept the, the hurricane. So where do you stand on rust versus rest? I know that's that's the question every coach um, has to answer in this yep. situation, and I think that if you can get some rest, heal up a little bit, I probably think it's good for a team. But a lot of people they like to continue the mojo; they don't like to lose that factor when they're hot. So, but if you can get some rest and heal up, and and but you have to have proper management of that time, John. That's it. That's it, I'm sure. And this is about as long a layoff as you're going to get in all the pro sports, I think. They're going to be looking at 10, if not 11 days when it's all said and done, the Bruins. Um, Right. But they have the key thing going that in any sport, the most important thing, I believe, and that is a hot goalie who's standing on his head. So I don't (laughs) think you, you don't want any break. You want to keep that guy hot. But yeah. at least both teams are going to have likely a, a layoff unless San Jose right. is able to beat the Blues in St. Louis tomorrow and get to a game seven, which then they, the, the, the winner of that would roll right in with minimal rest compared with the Bruins. Uh, but, so we'll see. But it, suffice it to know, AP, that New England is uh, in a dither and they have a whole week to get to add, add to that dither, uh, it's a big deal. It's great. You know, Boston's championship yeah. run is just off the charts. Uh, it's going phenomenal. For champion. Go ahead. No, it's, it's phenomenal. And, John, you know, maybe during this layoff time, since they both have the similar amount of days to rest, coaching might come into play. I mean, like I said, how you manage this is important, but also maybe you can get a slight edge if your coach sees something on film, uh, take advantage of that situation. Correct, correct. Well, Boston's going for its 13th championship in the last 20 years. It's just uh, 
remarkable. And uh, AP, it sounds like you also have some football news that we want to mention real quick. Yeah, DeAndre Francois, the former Florida State quarterback who was dismissed from the team in February for allegedly threatening his girlfriend on a video Instagram, he's going to walk on at Florida Atlantic and play for the one and only Lane Kiffin. Wow. Have two years of eligibility. Yeah, well, he, of course, became prominent in the Showtime series a few years ago with on Florida State football with Jimbo Fisher, and he was uh, taken over for Jameis Winston at quarterback. And, uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. And, you know, in AP, speaking of quarterbacks, um, Jared Stedham, who you know well from Auburn, is getting a lot of uh, coverage up here in New England. And New England is downright excited before, obviously, he's ever taken a snap that, uh, he, he could be the heir apparent to Tom Brady. That's a bold statement, but it's nothing but love so far since the Patriots drafted him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he, he's kind of similar in the fact that he does not like to get hit. <laughs> who does? Anybody has a good, good yeah, who does, right? But some, some guys take it better than others, the Ben Roethlisberg and those types. But he has a good touch, accuracy can make all the throws, and he'll probably benefit from being behind Tom Brady uh, for a couple years at least, probably. And that's a good team for him to learn because they throw those quick passes, short passes, and uh, he did that quite well at Auburn when he was when he was on the you know on time and things like that. He he ate up Alabama two years ago with the best player on the field and with that type of um, performance with the quick short passes over the middle, and he just gave them fits. Absolutely. Well, he had, uh, you know, he, of course, started out his career at Baylor and then transferred over to Auburn, where he had a better year two years ago than he did last year. But I think most people would agree, and you know better than any of us, uh, the team two years ago was a whole lot better than the team he played last year, uh, you know, with Auburn. He he just uh, had a better surrounding cast. Yeah, the offensive line was was very deficient last year, no consistency, and he was really running for his life, seeing ghosts, as I've said many times. One thing I wanted to bring up, uh, John, was the fact that Gus Malzahn received some publicity this past couple of weeks. Mike Lombardi, uh, I guess he has two or three Super Bowl rings as a front office personnel um, right. executive, but he was complaining about the Auburn system and Jared Stedham regressed, and you know Gus Malzahn cannot coach quarterbacks but if you look at the league there's only four or five sec starting quarterbacks think about this john they have the most players drafted i think was 64 this year that's like consecutive years maybe eight nine ten years whatever it is but why isn't there 10 quarterbacks starting in the nfl from the sec when you have all the advantages in recruiting doesn't isn't that an indictment on the entire league of coaches it could be it could be that's good for AP. They were closing out the show, but that is good food for thought. So we'll get to that maybe on the next show. Going to go in depth a little more, but absolutely. I want to thank you as always for calling in, providing your expertise. Sounded great. The Pat Dye dinner uh, must have been awesome to be there and see all the famous celebrities and athletes. Uh, just sounds great. But uh, thanks again for calling in, AP. It's my pleasure, John. Thank you very much. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday. Or excuse me, two weeks. We're off for Labor or Memorial Day, so two weeks at noon Eastern time.
Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.